0: Just go to Indeed.com slash wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Curtis and I are drafting an FFPC team on Roto-Viz Radio.
0: What's up, Roto-Viz?
1: Welcome into RotoViz Radio. I'm Dave Cabin alongside Curtis Patrick. We're two of the owners here at RotoViz bringing you a live draft, if you will. We are going to be recording ourselves drafting an FFPC team in the Football Guys Players Championship. We are fresh off the heels, Curtis, of drafting a main event team with Sean Siegel and Blair Andrews. It was a four way draft a uh, lot of intense conversations a <laughs> lot of interesting picks that we had to go through uh have you recovered from playing moderator last night
2: oh my gosh it was a uh, man it was it was so fun and it was also a little traumatizing um you know you've got you've got four guys who like at the 50,000 foot level were obviously strategically aligned um you know there, there's really not much debate in terms of hey what's you know what's the key to unlocking the most possible roster upside? But then you're still left with player target you know dis, uh, decision making um when you're when you're on the clock. and you know it the time flies when there's four opinions to be heard, uh, especially if it's not a clear you know ADP value situation where it's just one or two guys. And the further you get into drafts, sometimes the more debate there is. Yep. Uh, so we we definitely had, I would say three or four picks that were very much in jeopardy of being made.
1: <laughs> yes, that's, that's <laughs> for sure. At one point, actually, things got so in-depth as we were actually <laughs> discussing about which kickers to possibly take over positional <laughs> players that we very nearly missed a pick. You actually got it in on time. There was one pick, I forget who it came down, <laughs> but you got Tony Pollard in at the last second when we couldn't <laughs> even decide, but you knew that there was more consensus on him than other players. Uh, were there any picks that stood out to you last night as particularly notable?
2: Yeah, let me uh, let me actually pull um pull our draft board up again because I you know I've been really focused on our draft here at the 111. I think the the big pivotal uh, picks for me actually that determined the strategy really for the rest of the draft. Um and so for those, you know, listening, I'm sure you know Sean and Blair, you know, may break this down in further detail, you know, on their pods as well. Uh, but we were picking out of the, the one Oh nine. And um, you know, it made sense for us to start with Tyree Hill in the first round. Um, you know, he was a top three receiver for all of us. We liked that he avoided uh, the league playoff by um, and so he was a, a choice for us there. It came back around and, and we went with Calvin Ridley just to really get, I mean, we feel great about potentially owning two of the top five wide receivers and that just allows for so much explosiveness from week to week, uh, from a scoring perspective. But you get to around three and four, and then all of a sudden, you know, which backs might be there? Do you want to go early, tight end? And there was a lot of debate. Um, DeAndre Swift and, and T.J. Hawkinson were there in the third round. You know, this is very much a decision we could be faced with um, tonight, Dave. In our draft, uh, we're drafting out of the one eleven. Many of the same targets going to be available. Uh, we ultimately opted for Hawkinson. Um, you know, with the idea that. You know, if he hits his optimal outcome this season, you know, he could be a top three, maybe even top two tight end uh, target getter, Um, even if he's on a bad team and doesn't necessarily have the touchdown upside of a Kelsey or maybe even the raw yardage upside. I mean, you know, there's a path to 80 or 90 receptions for Hawkinson potentially there. And with this, uh, you know, tight end premium format, that's just too good to pass up on. So, So we opt for Hawkinson there. Um, not a player necessarily that Dave and I have been on that early. You know, we felt like that was pretty, pretty early for our liking. But in the context of the team, when we've already started fading running back early in the draft, it really made sense. And so then in round four, uh, the running backs didn't make sense there. It came down to um targeting more of a, a dynasty player, um, trying to get that year two breakout and capture that upside and T. Higgins, um, versus a couple of of Dave and I's uh Favorite targets uh, in the fourth and fifth round of drafts this year, and Tyler Lockett and uh, Cooper Cup. We also had Danny Kelly on earlier this uh, off-season in of the summer, talking up that Seattle offense, and you know, just a huge Lockett fan, central target volume there in the Shane Waldron offense. So we we debated that one. That was one that kind of came down to the wire. Um, we all liked Higgins. Um, not all of us could find alignment on Lockett, and so we we go with Higgins. So th- I think those those third and fourth rounds were really so fun to break down because the, the conversation was, it was just really interesting. I mean, four guys bringing, um, you know, a lot of different uh, perspective to the table and that ultimately ended up, you know, determining where we went the rest of our draft. We, we got one of my favorites, although his situation changed a bit, uh, a guy that you're also fairly high on and Daryl Henderson in the fifth round. And, uh, you know, some of Sean's uh, zero RB targets and, and James Connor and others like him uh, later on in the draft, uh, we got Kyler Murray, who all four of us have loved, and I uh, was a big part of <laughs> yep. big part of our teams last year uh, in this big tournament so uh really, 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 fun night, and I'm interested to see how it's just the two of us here, Dave, uh drafting tonight, you know how we might build a, maybe a team with somewhat of a similar structure, uh, but maybe the two of us will end up leaning towards other targets um you know, at some of those same decision points,
1: yeah, well, you know one thing that I've talked about. A little bit here is uh or at least with with you is that there's more running backs that i actually feel like interested in drafting this year than there have been in years past um you know that that's for a couple of different reasons but as a result of that i think it's going to allow us to maybe approach things in a slightly different way than i would have in years past which i'm kind of excited about um you know i've normally always stuck to zero running back principles I always draft, you know, majority of my teams, you're running back, sprinkle in other teams here and there. But one thing that I think is particularly fun is when you're drafting with other people to kind of see if you have a little bit of a give and take between everybody's preferences, what you can come up with. The team last night, I don't think was the team that any one of us individually would have put together. But when it was all said and done, I really liked it. We got a lot of guys on on that team that kind of fit that Rotoviz brand uh, from different branches. And I think it was a cool team. So the final thing I'll say here, I'm looking to us drafting it. Anybody listening, if you haven't done a team where maybe like you and a friend or two get together and actually go through the process of drafting a team together, definitely do it. I did some teams with Beers last year, Mike Beers uh, Blair Andrews had a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to, to these FFPC leagues are a great way to do it. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm just pumped for this one, Curtis. I think the the draft is going to start now in about, uh, what do we have like three minutes?
2: Yeah, we've got three minutes. Um, so just real quick, uh, just for point of reference, I'll run down the roster, uh, from yesterday, our quadrant roster, run that down. And then, uh, maybe, you know, it's going to be 10 minutes or so into the draft. Uh, eight to ten minutes, probably before we're making our our pick at the corner. Yep, um, and we can start talking about our player targets. So ultimately, you know, let's see how close our team tonight ends up being. Uh, team is as we're calling it appropriately, uh, our starting lineup to to begin the season looks like Kyler Murray, uh, Daryl Henderson, and James Connor at running back, and then we've just got a, a, a quadruple threat at wide receiver that is really exciting. We've got Calvin Ridley and uh, Tyreek Hill in the wide receiver spots and at Flex, LaVisca Chenault, and T. Higgins. Uh, T.J. Hawkinson at tight end. Um, we did wait until the final two rounds of our draft to select a kicker or defense. Uh, we took a chance on Ryan Suckup. Even though he's in the COVID protocol right now, we like the idea of potentially owning the kicker tied to one of the most explosive offenses in the NFL. And then uh, the Carolina Panthers with that, Potentially, juicy, uh Week One matchup with the New York Jets and rookie Zach Wilson in his first NFL action—you uh, know—could be pretty interesting. Uh, in terms of bench depth, we've got we actually five bench running backs: and Jamar Jefferson, James White, Naeem Hines, Tony Pollard, and Anthony. Uh, you can see where, other than uh, Jefferson, the rest of them pretty much uh, fit a little bit of a receiving back mold there. And then at the wide receiver position, KJ Hamler. We took the big swing. I forgot about this pick until I was looking at the <laughs> roster just now. We took the big swing on Mike on Michael Thomas, man, and I'm really yep. liking it. Um, we might have to come back to that uh, tonight. That is a five hundred thousand dollar pick there. um total risk reward pick. We felt like we had the luxury of doing it at that point uh, because you know the the idea behind this roster is that Daryl Henderson actually does end up being a hero or a running back. and you know we've we've collected some value there and so we can afford to gamble, you know, with a, a single digit round pick, um, rounding out the wide receivers, Diami Brown, uh, for that rookie upside. And then we think a really sneaky veteran in Emmanuel Sanders who could end up being the number two target in that awesome, awesome aerial attack, uh, with Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs. Um, and this didn't end up being a Diggs roster. So it's a way for us to get some exposure there. And then our backup tight ends, Cole Met. Uh, so Dave, we're, we're 30 seconds out now. um, I'm getting the goosebumps. You know, it's almost kickoff time. The cameras are going off, and uh, let's let's talk targets at at the 111. You know, at, at the 109 yesterday. You know, we felt like that was pretty much going to be a clear wide receiver spot. Our our pre-draft conversation was, you know, which one of the big three and Devonte Adams, Tyree Kill, and Stefan Diggs would we be targeting there? Uh, we did we did talk a little bit about, and there's the horn. Yep. Uh, we we did talk a little bit about, you know, would Darren Waller be a target? Would we take Zeke Elliott if he fell? You know, we're in a different situation here. Um, we may not get our choice of a top three wide receiver if this ends up not being a running back heavy room. Um, but I, but I think uh, it, that the strategy would be the same for us at the one eleven here. We would take one of those top three wide receivers, and then the nice thing about this two hundred two pick is we're going to have access to a back that we like. Whereas last night we felt like we would have been reaching. So, um, let's talk about that 202, Saquon Barkley, Jonathan Taylor, Najee Harris, um, who you in on, who you out on at 202, if we end up with that
1: choice. Well, I believe last night I, I said that every time Jonathan Taylor gets drafted and it's not by me, a little piece of me dies. So, uh, you know, if Taylor is there at the, at our second round pick, I am definitely interested and making him the addition to our team there. I also like Gibson and I like Harris a lot. Um, I think that, that the, you know, all of those backs we just mentioned could potentially be that type of hero running back that we're looking for paired with that top level wide receiver. So, I mean, I like that approach and I, and I like all of those names.
2: So I think uh, the one thing that we really spent some time on um, last night in, in discussion around player targets, and it was more in round one uh, as we were talking through, um, Oh, which which player? Somebody had a uh, a playoff buy in round one. I'm trying to think who, right? Who it would have been? Um, oh, that's great radio right there. Um, but anyway, when we get to round two, Jonathan Taylor with that week 14 bye, thats actually uh, would be our league championship game. You know, if we advance there. So yep. I think you know, I think it was Taylor the Packers it,
1: players, right? So it must have been Aaron Jones. Yeah, it was Adams. It must have
2: been Adams, Adams. You're right? Yeah. And that's what. That's where we we were going to lean. Tyreek over Adams actually in that spot, uh, as a result, um, thinking down the road. So, you know, if we have the choice of Barkley and Taylor, let's say, does the, does the week 10 by versus a week 14 buy do anything for you? Or are you just that much higher on Jonathan Taylor, not having the injury concerns, uh, where you would opt for Taylor over Barkley there?
1: Oof. It, I mean, it is a tough one because that is a very material um, issue to have. Uh, oh
2: boy. We're gonna have to go to we're gonna have to go to an update a board update here, Dave, because um, you oh know boy. we've got a situation where we're two picks away. Two of the top three wide receivers are gone. Yep. So uh, two picks away now. If Tyree Hill goes, we might be actually talking about an unprecedented rotoviz <laughs> running back running back, back start, or we get into a running back in round one yep. followed by Calvin Ridley. You are in round two. Okay, Darren Waller goes one ten. Or 109 rather. So we're at the 110. Let's see what the mean machine does here. If he does not take Tyreek, I would be comfortable building a second team with Tyreek and then differentiating uh from our main event team. How do you feel about that?
1: Yeah, I'm on board with that. I think when you look yeah. at the offensive situation that Tyreek is in, what we have seen from him, he's still a fairly young, you yeah, know, wide receiver. I'm clock. I'm perfectly fine with that. So Saquon Barkley just went. Um okay. So, so we're looking at Tyreek uh Hill here.
2: And then, uh, yeah. Also, wow. Saquon goes 110. So we're going to take Tyreek. This is interesting. Um, if, if Taylor goes at the corner here, we can, we can end up with another Tyreek Ridley build, or, you know, we could potentially talk about Aaron Jones, Najee Harris, uh, Antonio Gibson, et cetera. So. All
1: right. So let's,
2: let's lock in Tyreek. All right. Are you
1: putting in the picks again tonight? Or do you want me to?
2: No, I've, I've got it, man. I've got it. Excellent. Uh, you're you're, dri- you're driving the radio host uh, chair here. So Tyreek joins the Rotoviz football players, uh, football guys, players championship squad. What a way to start! Really
1: excited about that. Uh, now we have to wait. You are up next. Yep. So went Tyreek, then Austin Eckler. Of course, the team picking as we were at pick eleven. Two picks are now going to you come are on in. on the clock. So they oh, went. He goes
2: Nick Chubb. Eckler and he goes Nick, Nick Chubb. Chubb. Oh boy. Okay. Right. Wow. So we so we have the option of Taylor here. Um, and you know, I I think we definitely are aligned there uh in terms of what his ultimate upside could be. Um man, I, I like the idea of, of going Taylor here. I'm not opposed to building another Tyreek Ridley team. Um and then Najee Harris. I mean, I think those are the three potential targets here. We've got about thirty seconds. Does any part of you want to go Harris or Ridley, or are you all in on Taylor?
1: I mean, I actually am a little bit worried about that Week 14 spot. I do think that Calvin Ridley could challenge to be the wide receiver one. There's a large part of me that takes Taylor. I think left. I need you to kind of weigh in here, though. Oh boy! Well, we've got ten seconds. Um, let's
2: let's go let's go Jonathan Taylor here. Okay, and then let's work it out. Okay, yeah, yep. let's do it. It's still a team road right of his pick. We're going single elite uh early RB here, most likely. Uh we'll be we'll be open to taking what the board gives us here as well. going to lock in to that build structure uh quite yet. So yep. Um let's fast forward to you know some of our potential targets at the end of the third and fourth round. Yep, uh break them down a little bit, and then you know, we'll come back and and update uh the listeners when we're a little closer to our pick. Sure. So you know we're gonna we're gonna be picking at uh, pick thirty five and pick thirty eight in um, the FFPC applet. Uh, that's one place I like to look first, and then I like to go over and look at ADP in our ranks. Second, the applet is obviously you know a cue, uh, a visual cue for everyone in the draft, and that can lead people to maybe make picks or ignore their own rankings sometimes. So. Uh and in the FFPC applet, you're looking in the DeAndre Swift, David Montgomery, Amari Cooper, James Robinson, TJ Hawkinson, uh Cooper Cup, Mike Evans, Tyler Lockett. It's kind of that group of seven to eight players there. Um, last night we opted for TJ Hawkinson in that spot, and then we followed with T. Higgins about a half around early. Um how do you feel about Hawkinson again? tonight knowing that we've got Taylor early instead of Ridley um or do you want to veer and then and just double tap wide receiver at this next corner
1: you know one thing that i have been thinking about lately and i think actually when we were talking with friedman i talked about how i actually view hawkinson as the fourth tight end um this season we know that tight end is an important position i feel good enough about the fact that hawkinson is going to have to be the guy in his offense that i don't mind putting him on a uh you know like on two of my key squads this year mm-hmm. that said um i am a little bit uncomfortable about not having too many wide receivers uh you know some of that might relate to the fact that we didn't go like a pure uh zero rb last night um when i start to look at the wide receiver names in that range there are some guys that i like too so i could be talked into hawkinson but i currently am leaning a little bit more towards the wide receivers
2: Okay, well let's let's figure out who the guys uh, in our queue are going to be. Yep, and then uh, we'll come we'll come back and see who's there. You know, once we fast forward about 15 picks, so we're going to put Hawkinson there. I think he's a discussion. Um, Cooper Cup, we both like. I think we can put him in the queue. We'll come back and talk about him. Yep, uh, Tyler Lockett. You know, our team opted for T Higgins. I think we can put him there, and that'll lead to some good discussion about you know whether whether we actually want to go that direction. Uh, on our two-man team versus our four-man team any so i've got hawkinson cup lockett higgins uh is deandre swift an option uh for you there like especially maybe if he would drop to the fourth
1: if he would drop to the fourth i think he gets into conversation i know that swift is a guy that neither of us have been on high as high on as some other people in the industry this year so you know seeing as this is our team i kind of think we should try to veer away from him unless the price feels super enticing
2: yeah. I mean, I think if, if he falls, if he falls a third of the round, um, if he makes it past that turn um, to round four, and I can think kind of looking at what the team at the corner did, you know, starting running back and running back, I'd be surprised if he took more than one running back at the next turn. Yep. So if if we find that Chris Carson or David Montgomery or James Robinson, if any combination of those three players is also still available there with Swift, there's a chance that he falls to us in the fourth. And uh, we don't really have to to take a guy at ADP or, you know, pick earlier than ADP uh, who's not high on our board. So we'll, we'll put him there. Anybody else in this range that's interesting to you, like uh, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Mark Andrews, DJ Moore, probably the only other players that would be Q worthy. Uh, and, unless you want to go really early, like on, I mean, G. So, I'm like a you know, Javante Williams, almost around early, uh, actually over around early. as uh, the only other guy that would come to mind.
1: Yeah, no, I think the only guy out of that that I'm interested in, um, you know, like aggressively, is is probably DJ Moore. Um, okay. You know, but even at that, it, it's it's not like a must draft for me.
2: Okay. Um, so I've got a queue here, seven man queue. Uh, as we're about a half a round away from our pick, TJ Hawkinson, Cooper Cup, Tyler Lockett,
0: T Higgins, DeAndre Swift, Mark Andrews, DJ Moore. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data
1: All right. Sorry. I'm so just, let's, oh yeah. Go ahead.
2: Fine. So let's talk Mark Andrews for a second. Um, I I probably haven't thought about that many players more than Mark Andrews uh, this summer. You know, the Ravens, I think initially maybe pushed Mark Andrews down a lot of fantasy analyst boards by investing in Rashad Bateman, by signing Sammy Watkins. Um, but now uh, both of those guys have been ouchy. Bateman's probably going to miss at least half the season. Um, and then, you know, we also, Marquise Brown's missed basically the last month of camp. Um, Andrews is the, sh- it and J.K. Dobbins, um, you know, unfortunately is out for the season. Mark Andrews is, is the surest thing in this offense now. Um, he's absolutely the surest thing in the offense. And so um, I don't think that they'll pass quite as much uh, as the Detroit Lions, but when you lose J.K. Dobbins and now you're on to Gus Edwards and then a bunch of question marks behind him, you know could could we see a version of the Ravens where they can't actually control the game as much as they're accustomed to by rotating these backs, keeping the fresh legs, and could the Ravens all of a sudden kind of have their hand forced into passing a little bit more? And if they did, what would that look like for Andrews? You know, could he challenge Hawkinson? In that tight end four, tight end three range, even even challenging maybe George Kittle, who's going to be dealing with, you know, healthy Debo and healthy Brandon Ayuk competing for targets uh concur uh you know concurrently for the first time in, in the three of their you know careers as they've overlapped, and then potentially a quarterback change. So Andrews is really interesting. I think he could end up being a value.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that you you do raise a, a pretty good point there and that the Dobbins injury and the situation with Hollywood is material into the way that I have been thinking about Andrews. So though I say that like Hawkinson is the guy I put ahead of Andrews, I'm not all out on Andrews. Uh, you know, it's just a matter of what the team's looking like and, and when you can get him. So in the confines of our team, and forgive me, everybody, I've been catching up here on updating the draft dashboard as we go along. Um, you know, I think I could see it potentially working. Uh, so Curtis, we are one, what are we four picks away right now?
2: Uh, three picks away and none of our targets from our queue have gone. Um, let's quickly run down. There were really no surprises through the end of the second round, uh, actually at all other than maybe Aaron Jones falling to 207. Uh, That's a little later than I typically see him fall. Um, George Kittle goes two eleven. Um, you often see him there. Uh, after the 2-3 turn, but the third round so far. So 301-302 is C.D. Lamb, Terry McLaurin, followed by Keenan Allen at 303. Kyle Pitts goes 304. Uh, Allen Robinson, 305. Mahomes, 306. Clyde Edwards-Elaire slipped all the way to 307 in this draft. Excellent value for Vandalay Industries, number four. I love love the uh, George Costanza uh, hat tip there uh David Montgomery goes 308 and the 309 is on the clock currently. Yep. Um so yeah, uh, two two picks. Yep. Robert Woods goes. So our Q is still healthy and untarnished. What are you thinking here? Who's 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 your pick?
1: We <laughs> yeah, Amari Cooper goes 310. Clock. So our whole Q is wow. here. Do, um, we, do we go Hawkinson again? You know, I'm kind of tempted here, Curtis, to to maybe go with the wide receiver and then um, see if we can get one of Hawkinson or Andrews.
2: OK, so which receiver would you be panicked that would go at the corner
1: between um, cup
2: and, a cup or locket? Because I don't think Higgins goes here. So one of those two guys you must be nervous about. You know, Cup know and
1: Lockett are very similar for me. I think I prefer Cup just a smidge, but I know that you like Lockett a lot. We thought about him last night in a similar spot, so I mm-hmm. say maybe we go with, uh, you, you, like, Lockett. 15 seconds left. Okay, we can.
2: We'll, let's go Lockett and then see what happens. Just a, a yep. different variation here. I think we may end up with Hawkinson anyway. right we're going to see at least one wide receiver and this guy's not going to, this guy was running back heavy early. Yep. Um, I think the conversation for us is going to be, do we take Swift if he falls to four or two, if both tight ends are still there? Right.
1: You are up next.
2: Okay. Mike Evans goes at the three twelve. So There's the first wide receiver for team Hester here. He's taking his time. Yeah, he definitely is. That can be tough when you're on the corner uh, looking ahead a couple rounds, trying to figure out what, you know, whether the position you're targeting two rounds from now is going to be dry and, and you need now to go off your board the board a bit. Clock. He takes Mark Andrews, Dave, he goes wow. ahead of us with Mark Andrews. I, I kind of feel like even though Hawkinson hasn't been a, a major target for us here, we're now able to get him as a tight end four in this draft. Um, you know, without forcing the issue in round three. We're getting him at ADP, but below, you know, a spot below is positional ADP. Um, I actually would be very comfortable with Hawkinson here uh as an upside swing, or if you wanted to go swift as a, you know, in, you know, balancing our team a little bit in a, a non-traditional road of his way with two backs in our our top four picks. Uh, but we know Sean Siegel is really high on DeAndre Swift this year.
1: Yeah. What do you prefer? I, I think I prefer, I prefer to go Hawkinson again and, and build, left. build out that way versus going with, with Swift, especially because we already have Taylor.
2: Yeah. And we like a lot of the same mid round running backs, So I'm going to lock do. in Hawkinson now. Nice. And there you go. So just recapping our start through four from the 111. Uh, we take Tyree kill. Uh, followed by Jonathan Taylor at the 202. At 311, we came back with Tyler Lockett, um, who was wide receiver nine in uh, team target market share last year. Uh, both he and Metcalf both had 24% plus uh, plus, you know, and some change. Team target market share. They bring Shane Waldron up um, from Los Angeles, uh, the Sean McVay disciple in every single snippet out of Seattle camp this summer has been about the pace. The players are talking about the positioning or the uh, conditioning rather. And um, I've listened to interviews uh, from Tyler Lockett and from Russell Wilson, both where when they get into their two minute drill, you know, for the last several years, Dave, they only had 10 to 15 plays that could be dialed up. That's it. 10 to 15. And we've, we've heard the players complain about the vanilla route tree uh, too many deep targets, long developing plays. Russell Wilson's taken hundreds and hundreds of sacks. Um, And this year, There are variations off of variations in their two-minute package. Russell Wilson will have complete autonomy at the line of scrimmage to call from a a sample of 35 to 40 different plays. Uh, It's just going to be really phenomenal. And when you listen to Shane Waldron talk about how Seattle is going to use their weapons this year, if the teams they're playing opt to take away the deep ball, instead of forcing the deep ball like they've done the last two years, they're just going to take the dink and dunk. And so there's going to be a whole element to their offense of wide receiver bubble screens, um, mesh concepts, stuff that we haven't seen Seattle do. And and Lockett and Metcalf are really exciting to think about in the context of having a, a chance to rack up some yaks. So really, really, really like that that we added Lockett there. Um, and then we come back with Hawkinson uh, at 402. So let's fast forward. 511 is going to be our next spot. Last night at 509, we took Daryl Henderson there. Um, I would be fine hitting our wide receiver three, knowing that we're so strong with Jonathan Taylor at our running back one. Um, so let's, let's start building, building a list here. Yep. Um, at, for the 5'11", we're talking, you know, probably anything from pick 55 ADP wise on could potentially be fair game. Brandon Ayuk, uh, I've seen get into that range occasionally. Um, Javonta Williams, Jerry Judy, Chase Claypool, man. And then then there's a little bit of that teardrop. Um, after that you get into the Odell Beckham jr, Tyler Boyd, Robbie Anderson, Juju range of things. Uh, those players feel more like late round six picks. We may end up with one of them in early round six, depending on uh, how our uh, five pick goes. Any other players in this range uh, that that you've got your eye on Dave?
1: Um, you know, as I take a look through the list, I don't think so. Um, Mm -hmm. I, th- I really think that you've hit most of them, um, especially as I'm looking at the wide receiver list. Um, and, and, you know, I'm kind of crossing off the names that look like they're likely to be gone. We know that I love Juju. This would feel a little too early for me to get to make Juju one of the picks, I think. less potentially at the 602. Um, so I don't have any major conviction right here. Uh, you know, one thing that I do think we might need to think about Curtis is what we do if Kyler Murray, uh, you know, were to fall again, or I I guess we could open up the discussion too, if we wanted to go with a Lamar Jackson or Dak Prescott with one of these picks.
2: Yeah. Um, I'm definitely open. I'm definitely open, especially. So we're talking non-best ball here. And, you know, I think there's a temptation for people who draft best ball all off season, uh, like I do, um, Sometimes we forget that redraft is a different animal. You just get into this this flow of things where it's like my targets are my targets, and you know there's something to be said for having one of these true high end guys that you're just always going to start. That allows you to either go solo QB and wait um, to see if the end of roster position players you draft develop, and then you know you pick up you know you just stream that quarterback during your your starters buy uh, you know play the waiver wire there a little bit and look for a cheap option versus. Having to be, you know, having your hand force on selecting two quarterbacks in you know, the 8 to 12, 8 to 13, 8 to 14 range. Now we do see in the main event, FFPC main event and the FFPC uh, FPC, uh, tournament that we're playing in tonight, ADP is a little different. And and the uh, QB2s of the world do go a little later in drafts, I think, for the reasons that I'm stating. Um, but there's something to be said, man, for just trotting Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, somebody you know, in that Konami code um, vein of things in, in a, a tournament like this, and then just not coming back to it. That allows us to throw another dart, you know, at a at a rookie wide receiver, you know, in that Rondale Moore, Elijah Moore range of the draft, or, you know, potentially, uh, you know, a, a value, you know, receiving back like we did last night. You know, maybe it's the difference between getting Tony Pollard or not.
1: Yeah. If we and, go, you uh, know. Yep. Yeah. And I was go just going to yeah. say, you know, like, of course, like that kind of comes in the in the context of if there aren't names on the board that you feel make a material difference to your team at that point. So, you know, the other thing, Curtis, that that I just want to mention here is we often hear people talk about wide receiver being so deep. I got to be honest, like there's a couple of names I like on this list now, but I already feel like with the wide receivers, we've reached the point where I have significant questions about a lot of these wide receivers. Um, which I think kind of highlights that thought. Cause normally if I mention wide receiver, not being as deep as the common perception is that that idea gets a lot of pushback. Um,
2: yeah, this has been a yellow draft board, um, for two rounds now. So in, in rounds three and four, uh, I'm seeing, let's see eight wide receivers go in round three and another eight wide receivers go in round four. So 16 wide receivers go off, uh, the board, and in, in those two rounds, uh, pretty, pretty remarkable stuff. Um, you don't, you don't see runs like that, uh, too often. So we're, we're, we're through wide receiver 24, just at five Oh three in this draft. So I think we're going to see a running back run. There's going to be some correction here, uh, only two quarterbacks off the board. So we could potentially see another quarterback come off the board, uh, before us. Maybe even get into you know that next tier of tight ends with a Noah Fan or somebody like that coming off the board. Our queue got wiped out though because of this wide receiver run. It really Uh, did. Chase Claypool, yeah, Chase Claypool and Jamar Chase, the only wide receivers left in the uh, in the large queue that I built. I I just added Julio Jones as a result of that. He's not really been a target for us. However, we did have some interesting discussion with Matthew Friedman uh, last week uh, about how. You know, it's not really that crazy to view Julio and AJ Brown as kind of equivalent assets in Tennessee this year. Um, and Julio, you know, obviously get a multiple round in this case. If he falls to us, almost a four round discount on uh, the the price paid for AJ Brown. So he does have an unfortunate uh, week thirteen buy. That would give us, you know, back to back weeks we're having to suffer through a Julio buy followed by a Jonathan Taylor buy. But Julio Jones as a wide receiver three on a team that also features Jonathan Taylor and TJ Hawkinson, that would be pretty interesting. Um, So I could see myself being okay with that uh, half around below his, his FPC ADP. And then, uh, so we've got Claypool, Julio, and then the two backs in our queue right now, Dave, are Javante Williams and Daryl Henderson. Um, Do you want to add, oh, there goes Julio. So we're we're down to three in our queue with four picks, down to three in our queue with four picks left before our selection. I think we're going to have to add Kyler and Lamar just as panic picks here.
1: Yeah, we absolutely are. Now, the interesting thing is of the tiers that we have for Rotovis right now, um, I believe that Juju Smith-Schuster and just a handful of other guys are are the only – like. so you have Tyler Boyd juju i want to say lavisca are the only guys that are Mm -hmm. left in the tier three or four wide receivers of course some people might not be that high on juju so you wouldn't include it but it really speaks to that idea so other guys that i'd want to add to the board right now curtis uh, you know kareem hunt and miles gaskin might even be coming to play at our sixth pick as far as the fifth pick goes i'm looking at these wide receivers it almost feels to me like it would be between juju and LaVisca, I do not like Odell. I have concerns about Tyler Boyd. Same thing with Anderson. Um, I guess Claypool still is available, which is a conversation we almost had last night between Claypool and Juju, but then I think Claypool ended up going. Um, so I think that the queue, the way it's constituted now, it, it is what we would be looking at. So Kyler Murray just went, takes away that option. So where's your head at right now?
2: Well, there's two two selections left. Uh, Javante Williams feels a little bit, a little bit like a league winner uh, mm-hmm. at this ADP. Uh, we've we've seen him pushed up into the late fourth round often. We have the opportunity to take him at round five six. We really could go to work uh, on a wide receiver rotation. However, we are you know getting into a situation where, um, you know we're we're probably gonna have to draft some kind of unsexy guys like you know the Corey Davises, Brandon Cooks of the world who might figure for high target volume, but, you know, maybe on on teams that we're not super excited about or offenses where we feel they're going to score a lot of touchdowns. You are touchdowns. up next. Yeah, so Chase Claypool. Um, Chase Claypool support. goes. Our hand's being forced. So I don't, I don't like being told who we have to draft. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, the other thing too is I'm going to add for uh, the next turn, that seven, yep. eight turn again. I'm adding Michael Thomas back in. He might make sense given how wide receivers dried up. You might want to take a swing there. Right. Um, so if
1: we did go with the yeah. wide receivers here, I mean, are you thinking that it'd be LaViska and we tro- the idea would be LaViska and Juju, or would you introduce another name into that? I mean, I know there's Antonio Brown in that range too. I'm not sure <sighs> if you're on as as on to no, Antonio Brown you are as I'm clock.
2: Devontae wow. Smith goes wow. um to a, to a very confident um Eagles fan in front of us. <laughs> so yeah, this is this is a situation where
1: Daryl Henderson still this there. Is a situation
2: too. where I'm very, I'm very tempted. I'm very tempted by Javante Williams. Um, you, you know, of my interest in Daryl Henderson, and we have a different team construct here. Yep. It, it feels like such a reach on any of the wide receivers ADP wise, but structurally, you know, we don't want to get stuck, right? Um, we really don't want to get stuck. I would, I would be fine with Javante, Lamar Jackson, um, or Juju here. Uh, do you have a lean? We have twenty seconds.
1: You know, I kind of lean for Juju as a player, but I think structurally, I kind of want to go with Javante Williams here. So let's lock in Let, Javante. Yeah, let's go. Let's go with
2: Javante. He does have a different buy uh, than Taylor, uh, which is you know that's a really exciting pair. that's a really exciting pairing of running backs here. Let's see what happens in round six. I think that we should see Juju or LaVisca fall to us. Yep, they could potentially be the default picks. If for some reason they get double tapped, I think our bailout pick is you know Lamar Jackson uh, here. You
1: are up next.
2: So Kareem Hunt goes.
1: Yep. Yeah, I could agree with that, Curtis, um, because a lot of the wide receivers largely the same. I would not want to go with another running back. We're covered here at tight end. Um, so I could definitely see that pivot. And I think some of this comes down to, too, when we're now looking at these teams on the clock, we're just trying to find a way to make this team absolutely pop, which I think is something that we've, we've already kind of, you know, swung at to some degree with Williams. Yeah.
2: Okay. So, so where we're at is, uh, the team at the turn took cream hunt, Robbie Anderson. So, uh, we end up with Juju and LaVisca on the board here, um, for context, Odo Beckham is still available as well. He does have the playoff by, and I think uh, Dave and I would prefer to go with Juju or Lavisca. So it's basically Lamar Jackson, Juju, or Lavisca. Uh, who's who's your preference, and then and then I'll see if I feel good about I it. I think
1: my preference here is Juju, and I can break down why after.
2: Yeah. Okay. I, I'm fine with it. Uh, he does give us. He, we avoid the locket and Tyreek buys there. Uh, Fifteen so that's, seconds you know, left. Really, um, that's really important. Um, and this man, Juju is a wide receiver three in the year of our Lord, 2021. I love it. Uh, Okay. So why don't you break that down and then then I'll, I'll run down, you know, the roster. We'll start talking about our seven, eight turn.
1: Right. So I, um, am completely on board with the notion that LaVisca is a terrific football player. I think that he could be used in a ton of creative ways. We already saw in the preseason, some of what he can do. I do have some significant questions though, surrounding that Jacksonville offense, Um, when I look at the Steelers, I understand that there's the three wide receivers there and that caps what we might be able to get from Juju at the same time though, I firmly believe that he's going to be used in the high quality target type of situation. Probably will still be number two in target volume. I don't think that Juju is a particularly sexy pick at the, you know, 602, Um, But I expect him to have a lot of utility for this team. And I like the way it sets us up with Tyreek, Tyler Lockett and Juju right now. Whereas I feel like, you know, some of this doesn't help listeners out because, you know, they might only be drafting one team, but I don't know if LaVisca is the type of what guy I want to go back to back nights having as an integral part of my wide receiver core.
2: Yeah. I think, uh, yeah, that's interesting. Uh, Leviska goes there at six Oh four. So, you know, the other, the rest of the league thinking the same things that we were there. Um, yeah, I, I like, you know, at wide receiver three, you know, we're, we're out of the top 60 in our draft. Yes. The Steelers have the crowded wide receiver room. Yes. Najee Harris will probably catch more balls, uh, than the running back position did in Pittsburgh last year. Yes, Pat Fryermuth introduces uh, an electric element at the tight end <laughs> position that they've been missing in a, in a couple years. But you know, Juju has had a knack for finding the end zone, um, even having sort of reinvented himself in you know uh, the post Antonio Brown uh, era there. So you know, I, I feel great about it. Um, and you know, he's potentially you know we, we're really talking about him as a flex player here. Um, and so, you know, he's potentially in a flex rotation, you know, with some of the other guys that, that we're going to select over the next four to five rounds. So yep. I do like the value. Um, and, you know, there was, you know, all of those receivers were kind of uh, concentrated there in Pittsburgh and that, that wide receiver 18 to 30 range last year. And, you know, who knows how they'll be uh, ordered in 2021. Juju could easily be the top fantasy wide receiver there, even if he's not the most dynamic, uh, he's probably the least dynamic. Um, of the three with Deontay and Chase Claypool. But um, that's that's fine. So our squad through six rounds, uh, round one, Tyreek, round two, Jonathan Taylor, round three, Tyler Lockett, round four, TJ Hawkinson, just a little bit below ADP. And we got him at tight end four. Gotta love that. Uh, Javante Williams with a big swing there for a really exciting pairing of, of young running backs at the 5'11", and then Juju at 6'02". All
1: right, so we are going to hit the pause button here, so to speak wrap up this episode and then continue on with the draft in the next episode. As always, appreciate you listening uh, and good luck in your drafts that you may have remaining thanks for listening to the roto fantasy football show don't forget to rate review and subscribe follow us on twitter at dave Cabin ff and at c patrick nfl email us at roto viz show at gmail.com visit roto forward slash podcast for more information on listener only discounts and until next time thanks for stopping by